We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Confidence growing. You can see he put the work in like he always does on his shot. He knows that's important. That'll keep him in this league. Well, more. All right. That's it. You win or you learn, Bill. A lot of learning tonight. We saw good minutes from R.J. Barrett. We saw J- Jalen Brunson get a couple more minutes as well. Get himself ramped up for the regular season. McBride four out of four from downtown, finished with 16 points in 11 minutes of playing time. So that's a positive storyline for Tom Thibodeau. Evan Fournier getting more minutes as well. 19 minutes he played here, scored 15 points, showed off the three-point shot. And as I mentioned, if there's no place for you in this rotation, 29 other teams are watching. Opportunity, perhaps somewhere else. All righty. Preseason game number two in the books. How's everybody doing? Happy Saturday night. And uh, apologies in advance for anyone watching on YouTube. My my oldest daughter, who I love dearly, truly, the light of my life, um, was kind enough to give me her case of pink eye. So if the left side of my face looks a little out of sorts, that's why. Um, I should probably go find a bag to put over my head for this post game. Um, alas, we trudge on. Uh, so the Knicks uh, lose their second preseason game. What was the final score of this one? 121 to 112 um, to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, it was a game, I, I would say, through through three quarters. This was uh, not regular season intensity, but there were definitely had moments uh, where it was it was a pretty, pretty representative sample size um, of what we might see. I mean, I'll get into some of the specifics in a bit, but I. I you know, it's another, it's preseason. You know, we, we will draw results from the things that we could draw results from, but uh, the final score of this one is certainly not one of them. Uh, and lest anyone out there be tempted to draw uh, any results from the final score of this game, uh, I have one number for you uh, to look at. It's 14. It's how many minutes Jalen Brunson played tonight? So, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. Okay, so another another. Piece of evidence. Every piece of evidence counts for something, even if it may not count for as much as uh, some want to make you count for. And I think, I think through two preseason games, there are a couple things that I feel, you know, pretty comfortable drawing some not hard and fast conclusions about, but some observations. Let's say uh, observation number one. Let's start on the good side. Mitchell Robinson, 
through two preseason games, I think he looks absolutely outstanding. Um, I think he's been the most consistent Nick through two preseason games. I not that I should not that any of us should expect otherwise from Mitch at this point. Um, but he just looks like a guy who is really he's fully come into his own. I mean, he was great last year. Um, he unfortunately missed 20 whatever games, 27, 28 games, whatever he missed. Um, but he was really good this year. He looks even better this year. He's a guy that I think you could say consistently from year to year. And now he's in year six has gotten better every season. It looks like he's about to have the best season of his career. And the Knicks need that. Um, because I'll, I'll go for, I'll try to go from like good to bad, good to bad, uh, on the downside, you know, I, I was thinking about it, just watching, watching this team against the Celtics in the first preseason game. And, and now this, and just, it's not even about anything that we've seen so far in the preseason, but it is, it's just simple math, which is how does a team that has Three either questionable or just outright not very good at times um, defensive players in its starting lineup. Uh, how can they defend at an adequate lump level? Uh, especially when it looks like, I mean, we know Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle are going to get a lot of minutes. Um, RJ Barrett, who has had uh, an up and down career defensively. He's had moments where he's looked really good defensively. He has moments where he just doesn't look very good defensively. Um, again, this is where it's like, it's preseason. I'm not going to judge RJ or Jalen Brunson or Julius Randle about the fact that they are not locked in on the defensive end of the floor. But, you know, it is not... I, I don't think we're ever going to get to a point where, where defense is a strength of the starting unit, uh, it, you know, as it were. And, you know, I just wonder what they what they will be capable... If they're really ever going to be capable of locking into a point where they could be a top 10 defense. Cause I, th- I, I mean, I think that should be the goal. That should be the goal for almost any team in the league, any team in the league. If you try hard enough, you could be a top 10 defense, almost any team. Um, you know, I don't think they need to be top 10, probably top 12. Maybe at the very least, I'd love for them to get back in the top half of the league. That'd be a really nice accomplishment. Um, can they do it? You know, can they do it? I think that's a, that's a big, that's a big question. For me, again, I'm not basing that off of this game or, or the first two games, but um, just like those guys are going to play a lot of minutes and there's going to be a lot of portions of the game where like two of them are on the floor or three of them are on the floor. So something to think about. Uh, let's get back to the good side. I just mentioned RJ Barrett. I thought, um, again, outstanding game for him. I thought he played really well in the first game, um, even though he didn't shoot well. I thought his process was great. I thought he looked good against the Celtics and he followed that up tonight more just like a parade to the free throw line. I know he finally missed a few free throws there. Um, but it, from a, again, from a processing standpoint, like, look, it's not always going to be pretty for RJ. You're not, we're not always going to be thrilled with the result of every shot. He will occasionally put up a shot that maybe it doesn't look great. We know this. Um, but again, I'll use the word for the third time in, in like a minute from a processing standpoint, are the shots good? Um, is he, being physical in the right ways. And that's been the most encouraging thing for, for me with him so far is if he could, uh, we, we always talk about all the different areas that RJ can improve and get more consistent in from a shooting standpoint, from a defensive standpoint, from again, a processing standpoint. One of the main ones is, can he finally 
figure out a way to use that size and be physical with his size against the sorts of guys who are going to be defending him um, to his advantage and really make it a real strength. And he's been doing that. I thought that was incredibly impressive from him um, tonight. He's playing confident. Um, you love to see it. And again, it shouldn't be surprised because he, he had a whole summer with Team Canada that, that went really well for him. Um, so love what we're seeing out of RJ so far. Very, very, very big positive for him. And this isn't a good or a bad thing, but again, another observation is it it seems like Thibodeau is once again going to ride with units that do not feature either one of Jalen Brunson and, and Julius Randle. And we talk about all all manner of nonsense when we when we go over this team and analyze what they could be and what they might be. The the base most basic question for the one of the most basic questions for the Knicks is like how are they going to score when Jalen Brunson's not on the court? And that was um, I'm not going to say always a struggle for them last season. I mean his off court offensive rating number was or when they the Knicks off court uh, offensive rating number when Brunson was off the court was still decent. You know it wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination. That said. They are a team that won 47 games because of their offense, not their defense. And their offense needed to be really special to do that. And they scored seven more points per 100 possessions when Brunson was on the floor. He just draws so much attention that when he's out there, it makes life easier for RJ or quickly or any, any, literally any player you want to name just because of his presence, you know, and, and credit to him for that. And when you take him out of the equation, it's like, okay, well, who's the best player left? You know, I, I, that's why I found it interesting that he, that Tibbs started off the second um, half. Now, obviously he wanted to get Brunson rest and doesn't want to push Brunson in the preseason, but we saw in the third quarter, um, basically almost eight minutes of Emmanuel quickly with the rest of the starting five um, in place of Jalen Brunson. And, you know, I wonder how much he's going to, Tibbs is going to lean on that. So IQ with Julius and RJ versus in the, um, there were other, another portion of the game because Julius left at 420 and then he went with IQ and RJ for the rest of the second quarter or rest of the third quarter, excuse me, just the two of them. Um, you know, and we saw that look obviously also uh, to end the first quarter because something that didn't happen a lot last year, Brunson and Julius checked out of the game together at the same time with do I want to say yeah for uh, midway through the midway through the first um so 451 left in the first quarter so yeah I, I think he's gonna keep trying to I mean it should work right Manuel quickly plus RJ Barrett plus shooting should work a little bit of the time they were together in this game was again with Sims at the four. I'm sure that's going to be another topic of conversation. It's still not something I'm really, I'm just, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think this is again, one of those things where he's throwing shit against the wall and he's, he's seeing if it sticks because you're not going to do Sims at the four in the regular season. If you don't feel comfortable with it. And I think the decision-making process now for the coaching staff is, can we feel comfortable with Sims at the four? Through two preseason games, I, I'm not sure we've seen enough to, to feel like that's a, a look that they could go to, especially when, again, if it's going to be in backup units where it's where you don't have Jalen Brunson on the floor, you know, and especially if you don't have Brunson and Randall, because obviously Randall's not going to be in there because Simpson's going to be in for him if he's playing the floor, then where, you know, you need all the spacing you could get, um, I think, for, for RJ and, and quickly to 
be able to do what they do and be effective together as like a leading offensive duo. Again, we're talking about something that the Knicks are going to go to for, you know, six, seven, eight, nine minutes a game. Um, quickly and RJ without Brunson or Randall, if that, if that may not even be that. But again, just notable observation. It seems like something they want to get more, more evidence of. Um, trying to think of more like good. I didn't really know. I mean, Julius Randall, we'll go, I guess we'll go to the, the, the downside. Randall was not good tonight. Uh, I don't care. Um, he looks healthy and that is the most important thing. Um, I didn't think anyone else really looked bad. I thought, you know, it was nice to see Dante DiVincenzo get, get in there watching him. They really need his presence. Um, defensively. I mean, the thing with this team is like, you know, outside of the three guys I mentioned, everybody else is a good defender. Mitchell Robinson, you could argue, is a great defender. Um, I think Grimes has it in him to be a great defender for his size. Josh Hart, I think, has it in him to be obviously an above average defender, again, for his size, maybe a little bit higher than his size. But like they don't, again, it's just a numbers game. It's like when when you have multiple guys on defense who are just not, that's not their strength. Um, what can you do when you don't have that one big time perimeter defender who could really just, you know, jam up what the opposing team is trying to do. And they, they don't really have that guy, you know, but that, then again, there aren't, uh, you know, how many, how many of those guys are there in the league? Uh, very few, very few. So, um, nice to see DiVincenzo. Nice to see Josh Hart get out there again. Josh Hart only played eight minutes. Clearly they, they were not going for the win here. Um, don't need Josh Hart diving into the stands anymore in the preseason or at all, actually. Um, and yeah, I mean, everything else is fine. Nice to see Grimes put the ball on the floor. I, I One thing I did notice with all of New York shooters, shooters in, in, in big air quotes there. Tonight, it seemed like there was a real emphasis for as much as Minnesota shot the lights out of the ball far more than the Knicks did. I did think the Knicks, anytime they had an open look, for the most part, they fired away without hesitation. Obviously, Fournier, we'll talk about in a second. Um, Fournier was doing it. Grimes was doing it. Uh, RJ had a moment where he didn't hesitate. Um, you know, there were, and right on down to Deuce McBride at the end of the game. Good to see Deuce in some shots. Again, that's 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 important for him to, to show that in, uh, in, in the final minutes. Um, yeah, so that, that was good. And, uh, oh, Fournier. Let's end with Fournier. Because, you know, he he's, hasn't gone great for him here through two years, right? And I, I really do kind of want to say through no fault of his own because, you know, again, like we said it all throughout his first season here, like what they got from Fournier, if you've watched Fournier's career, like this is just, this is who Evan Fournier is. This is what we should have expected. It just did not jive with this team because they, they're, they kind of, have to walk a, a, a tightrope um, in terms of the sort of players that they bring in and who they mix and match with their other guys. The beginning of last year, just the shot never came around and then Grimes came back and we know what happened next. Like he was, it was nice to see him out there tonight reminding everybody like, Hey man, I'm still a good NBA player. You know, it, it might not have worked on this team, but it'll work somewhere. I was really happy to see that. And like, Again, I, I think I said it the other night. I'll say it again now. You know, barring something shocking, I, you know, rosters are set. I, I don't think that there's going to be a trade like before next week um, or whatever, a week and a half from now. I, I just, I don't see it. And the fact that Tibbs 
has given for like I, I feel like we we all were kind of in the offseason being like you know so if one of the main nine guys goes down like is it Deuce that's automatically going to get those minutes is it is it Sims maybe is it Isaiah Roby you know I, all these different all these different theories you know is it um you know one of one of like the other guys who I, I didn't even get time tonight um Daquan Jeffries that's who I was I, I was searching for a name that was the name Maybe it's just like, hey, let's go with the guy who's clearly the best NBA player out of that group. And it's Evan Fournier. Because um, I got a column coming out for the newsletter this week talking about like, look, like we're, we're we may be there may be some fretting going on over minutes like guys are going to miss time. And if guys miss time, you know, and that's the thing about Fournier is he's always been a guy who's played a lot of minutes. So if somebody misses time and they need someone to step in for, you know, a five or six minute stint each half. I mean, can can Fournier do that? Can he adjust to be that guy, that kind of like off the bench, just like, again, I'm playing a dozen minutes tonight. Can I fire up eight threes in those? Well, maybe, maybe not eight, but like, you know, anytime anybody leaves me open behind the arc and I just, am I comfortable firing away? And am I going to get good results out of that? And tonight was a really good sign as far as that concerned. So who knows? Maybe Evan Fournier, maybe his, his days of playing an important role for the Knicks are, are not over yet. Um, that's really it. I, I don't, I'm trying to think like what else is there to to say about this? Like I'll end by saying like it, it would be nice before the, the season opener to see this team like as a collective group have like a, a five minute stretch, maybe, maybe that's asking too much, like a three minute stretch where they, where they lock in defensively against good opposition. That would be encouraging. Um, but other than that, I, you know, I, I think, what we've seen so far is is encouraging. It's fine, um, and I think this team is going to be more or less what um, the majority of people expect uh, them to be. So, with that, we'll uh, open it up to super chats and any other questions you guys have. I, I have no idea how many people are watching tonight. It's a freaking Saturday at ten o'clock. I hope people are out doing something more fun than watching my old ass. Um, but uh, we could talk about cat if you want. I, I'm sure he'll probably come up. Because uh, he was in the news and anything else anybody wants to talk about. All right. Busy, busy. My main man, busy starts us off. Not going to be around for the post game, but okay. So I, I, I guess you'll catch this on the pod tomorrow. But judging what I saw early in the first quarter, my man Frank from Patreon is going to ORJ and apology. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's, it's, you can't have expected anything better from RJ to start this season. Literally, you can't or start the 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 preseason. You can't you can't expect anymore. My my only worry, and this isn't a worry with RJ directly, but you could and you can, and there are people who do blame his inconsistency over the years uh, at times on the fact that he just isn't as comfortable being a third option. Um, and what did, what was happening in the beginning of the game when he was like lighting the world on fire? Well, he had the ball a lot and he was making things happen with the ball. Um, and he got a chance to do that. And I am, I will continually worry about how many stretches of games he will have, you know, where he gets to do that specifically in the starting lineup, because that's the, that's the, that's the 
the thing of it, right? We know in the backup units when Brunson and probably Randall are not on the floor, we know he's going to get opportunities then, but those opportunities aren't probably going to be as 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 beneficial because you don't have a Brunson and, and or a Randall there to sop up attention. But when he is on the floor with those guys and they are sopping up more attention, is he going to actually, you know, be able to to get the usage he needs needs? So it's it's uh, I don't know if it's catch twenty two, is that the appropriate turn of phrase there? Um but that's overthinking uh, it. Uh, great start to the, the preseason from from RJ for sure. Thanks, Busy. Appreciate you as always. Uh, next up, Robert Cross. Of course, how could we how could we have a post game without Robert Cross? Uh, this is going to be a long season for all you RJ haters. I have receipts for four years. You're welcome. Hashtag fifty three wins. I would like if I if if some like college was ever like. Hey, Macri, we see you know you're doing your thing for next film school. Come and teach a class on like sports media or something that obviously I'm not qualified to do that to be clear. But if so, if like some jackass university was ever, that would be the, actually the university that would hire me. It would be jackass university. They could pay me in, um, I don't know, merchandise from the, from the, from their campus store. I could just say jackass on it. I would wear it all the time. Um, anyway, if I was going to teach a, a, like a dissertation or something in, in, in anything, I would do it on the concept of receipts because if you, if a player is like, if, if there are receipts, it's usually because people are, have said bad things about someone. Now, sometimes people say bad things and not nice things about somebody, even though the player is like universally really considered really good or is really good. Most of the time, most of the time, however, when people say things like, oh, I'm tired of this guy doing X, Y, or Z, or, or I wish he was better at this thing, um, it's because they aren't as good as we would like them to be. And I know this because I have eyes that I use. And so like a lot of the receipts you're talking about, Robert, um, are people like me who have observed things with my eyes and been like, hey, look at that that I'm watching. That's not very good. I don't know what those like, what is the value of those receipts? Are they the value of toilet paper? Now, if you're if you're talking about receipts of, of people who are like RJ Barrett will never be a good basketball player for as long as he lives, and he will always universe like unquestionably it'd be a detriment to any team he's on. Okay, that's a more that's a more worthwhile receipt. That 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 receipt maybe has the value of like a half filled beer can that has been out overnight. Where at least it serves some purpose, you know, hair of the dog, as it were. Um and, and onwards and upwards we go. Uh, so like, yeah, I, I really, that's a, that's a fascinating concept to me. Um, receipts, which I, I, my understanding is that the entire internet is based on receipts. Uh, so perhaps I shouldn't call them into question. Otherwise the, the world would implode. And, and what would we all do with our time? Thanks, Robert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Another one from Robert. First time, long time. It's your boy, John. Prediction. Tibbs starts the season with a 10-man rotation and Fournier is in it. Hashtag 53 wins. Now, this is another one, Robert, where it's like you DM me after the last game and you're like, I hope you know I wasn't serious about that Fournier comment. Now, I don't know. Are you being serious or you're not being serious? I have no idea. Um, If that I'm going to take the prediction at face value and and assume that you're serious, Um, I don't think he's going to do that. not unless I mean no I no I don't think he's going to do that I think I think they're opening the season with a nine man rotation, um, an ideal nine man rotation. Does that mean Evan Fournier won't see time in game one? I'm, not necessarily, you know. Like like Josh Hart clearly is is nicked up. Tibbs said as much. Again, he only played eight minutes tonight. Missed the first preseason game. Like if Josh Hart is not feeling like himself. In game one, is it is it possible that we see Evan Forty? Yeah, sure. And he's possible. I, I would not count on it. You know, you'd have to give me some some decent odds to bet that like all things being equal, Evan Fournier sees time in, in the, the first game. I just actions over words, right? And Thibodeau's actions throughout the course of his career are he likes playing a nine-man rotation. And really, if we're keeping it a buck. He really likes playing more like an eight and a half man rotation. Um, like he likes going with his top guys. I, I, that's why I think it is going to be interesting to see how he juggles this season. Thanks, Robert. Oh, that is a great picture. Nathaniel Butler, uh, shout out to him, captured a, a great shot of Jericho Sims putting, I don't know who this was, putting someone into the basket. But yeah, great shot. Fun alley oop there at the end. Uh, Dom, Dom Cappuccini, Dom, your generosity knows no bounds. It's preseason, man. It's preseason. What are you doing here? Um, considering the cat talk, and you just reminded me of something. Um, considering the cat talk on Twitter and and the post, could you talk yourself into that as the big fish backup plan for Embiid? Or at this moment, would that be a depressing wet blanket considering the four year lead up? I don't know. Um, So let's let's have the cat conversation now. Um, I did a long write up on cat at the beginning of the summer, which I would encourage anybody who has a Nick's film school uh, newsletter subscription um, to go check out. And if you if you don't have a new newsletter subscription, you should go go get one of those. Um, I'm going to be linking it again in, in Monday's article. So um, you'll be able to go back and, and find it very easily. 
Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense uh, that Cat is the guy that they would look to if Embiid or for that, you know, or if any better target, right? Uh, Doncic, Giannis, like whatever. If, if one of those guys doesn't work out, I think it makes sense that they would look to Embiid for all sorts of reasons, which I don't, we don't need to get too deep into right now. Um, it there it just suffices to say there are reasons to think that Minnesota would be looking if their season does not go as they hope. Like let's say they do, you know, let's say they get knocked out in the first round. Um, first round outs aren't going to be second apron teams, not if they can help it, and uh, unless they have reason to believe that even though they were a first round out this year, that like moving forward they will be better. They're going to try to get under the second apron and the easiest way for them to get under the second apron by far in terms of what it would, how it would affect their asset portfolio would be to move towns. So that's on their end. Um, they also, coincidentally enough, have a point guard who is in year 17 in Mike Connolly. Mike Connolly is still very good, but he is by no means on the same age timeline as Anthony Edwards, um, who is a guy in the league right now who might be the like, you know, ideal target for a team like Minnesota to go after to be a starting point guard alongside a guy like Anthony Edwards. Oh, he just so happens to be backing up Jalen Brunson here in New York. Not saying I would be a fan of trading Manuel quickly for Carl Anthony Towns. Not saying I would be a fan of trading for Carl Anthony Towns at all. Just saying from a from a putting together a trade perspective, um it, it's a very easy to imagine. And then you I don't know if it would be Randall. I don't know if it would be RJ. We could have those conversations later including whether the, the, the Knicks would plan to play Cat primarily at the five. Would would Mitch be involved somehow? Would they plan to play him at the four alongside Mitch and then have Cat be essentially the de facto backup center? Um, Hardenstein's contract expires also after the season. So that's something to be considered. And Lots of considerations going on here. But like to answer your question, would it be a disappointment if like after all this, that's the guy we ended up with? I would have to see what else they did. I would have to see what else they did because, you know, I, I've talked about this before. Carl Anthony Towns is uh, all you have to do is ask him. Uh, he is an uh, unstoppable offensive force um, who has flaws. And we know what those flaws are and, and we don't need to go over them now. But like to say that, like, there's no way that you could build a winning team around Carl Anthony Towns. I, I, I don't know that I believe that. I think there is a way to do it. Is there a way to do it? With a with a point guard who is just as much, if not more, of a defensive liability with Jalen Brunson, I don't know. Is it, can you do it with like one of RJ or Julius sticking around? And I don't know. Is defense ever going to be a strength of either of those guys? I, I don't know. Um, who would you have to bring in? Like, you know, or do they just say fuck it and try, you know empty the tank? Can they? Can they? Like, is there a world where they empty the tank for like both towns and like Donovan Mitchell? Again, that's been talked about. Like, I, I, I don't know that they would have enough to get both of those guys. Besides the fact that, like, okay, who's playing defense on that team? You know, Jalen Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, um, Carlton Towns, and and one of like RJ and or, or Randall. Plus, that there's only one ball. Like, that doesn't really make any sense. So then, all right, who do you bring into? You know, it's like OG Ananobi. There's always the name we go back to because why? He shoots. He defends the whole thing. It's like you run into the same issues. So it, it, yeah, I would need to see what else they did. Um, obviously, I 
think what they what they would give up for him would would be important. Like you're you're definitely giving up good players in that trade, and you're probably giving up some kind of picks. What? what how many picks? You know, when are those picks? Whose picks are? Do or is it the Knicks picks? Is it the protected pick? Like it gets just very complicated. So. Um, Look, in a perfect world, that is not a conversation that I really want to have because I, I it, it would be a bit of a downer, but I don't want to sit here and be like, if the Knicks wind up trading for Carl Anthony Towns and that's the pot of gold at the end of the tunnel, the Leon Rose experiment will have been a failure because it's unfair for me to say that right now without knowing what else is going on. Um, thank you, Dom. Before we move on to the um, next comment I just remembered and Andrew told me to, to do this at the top of the show we're only a half an hour in so I'm a half an hour late uh, Jasso focused at the end of the last post game um, sent in an incredibly generous super chat um, just like being nice and saying shout out to KFS so I don't know if you're watching tonight Jasso focused if you're not hopefully you're listening to the post game uh, pod tomorrow on your feed but just want to give you a, a shout out and thank you for your generosity at the end of the last episode please guys be sure you send in super chats where we're still actually going live it, it, I can't tell you how often we get these things like right after we stop recording and then I'm like oh my god I wish I could have said thanks to this person but um, anyway so just wanted to duck that in there thanks man Robert Cross with another one. Let it be said, I reported that fool with the cat post. I don't even know what cat post you're talking about. Not going to tolerate that garbage. Hashtag 53 wins. Of course, Robert, with the sensible take as always. Um, I mean, I do think Minnesota, you know, if I was to rank my most interesting teams to watch in the NBA this year, you're definitely in the top 10. You know, they might be in the top five because they have this like super unique situation where obviously they've traded away all their picks, but they have towns and towns has real value. I mean, if the Knicks don't trade for them, like somebody is going to give up real stuff for towns. And the nice thing about the position Minnesota is in is like they already have the number one guy in Anthony Edwards and he's still so young. And like they also have I know he didn't play tonight but um, uh, McDaniels who's awesome and is a great I think will be like a perfect wing compliment so the notion that they could like get real stuff for towns is like they're they're so lucky and they're in such a good position to be in moving forward even with the fact that they completely bumbled the go bear trade um, you know it's just going to be interesting to see does Anthony Edwards take a step up this season? We'll see. Does the Towns Gobert thing work? Like, can they can they win a playoff round? Can they win two playoff rounds? Like, who knows? I, I wouldn't put it past them. Um. So maybe and maybe they don't break up the pairing, but they're going to be someone to watch. But like, if it doesn't work, like you know, I, I I said this via DM. I'll say it to you now, Robert. Just brace yourself. Get, this this thing's enjoy enjoy this next season, Robert. That's what I'll say. Enjoy every moment of your beloved young Knicks that have been there and that the team has not traded, um, because uh, you know life is you know the the, the things we love in life often are are short lived. That's all I'll say. Um, thank you, Robert. Dan Hidalgo. 
What's going on, Dan? One of the underrated things about last year's Knicks was the fact that they didn't take bad shots. Team looks like they know their role. Decisive. Yeah, I never worry about that. I never worry about that. I, I think like that's one that's one of the benefits of having a Thibodeau coach team and having a team that plays together and like there's not a lot of unselfishness. Or sorry, there's not a lot of selfishness. There is a lot of unselfishness. Um, yeah, I mean, like it's it, we take it for granted now because like it feels like it's been a while. It's been a while since we've had a team that didn't do what you're talking about. But like, my God, for seasons upon seasons upon seasons, it would be like what there, there's no rhyme or reason to when guys took shots, like what shots they took. Now. You know there are offensive possessions that leave something to be desired, but you you kind of, you see, you get it. You know you get it, and it's like with the occasional exception, very few bad shots. So and that's listen, a lot of things need to go right for you to be a not very good shooting team and be the third best offense in the league. <laughs> not taking bad shots is one of those things. So credit to them for that. Thanks, then. Kevin Danishevsky, fun game until the fourth. It was a fun game um, to the fourth. Oh, I see what Robert's talking about now. Yeah, I don't care about that. Um, uh, back to Kevin's comment. Not IQ's best game, but I thought he really had his moments, especially in the third. RJ was great, looked explosive. Put, put oh, it's a flag. Put a flag on Deuce Island. Okay. I, nice to see Deuce hit some shots. Uh, we talked about RJ. Um. Yeah, quick, quickly has like been a little inconsistent so far in the preseason. I, I have to think the contract is is weighing on him. I have to think, uh, you know. In in regards to that, they mentioned it tonight. October twenty third is the deadline. It's October fourteenth. That's nine days away. It's easy to be like, oh my god, it's nine days away. Why haven't they done it yet? This isn't going to get done. Reminder. Go back and look at literally every NBA offseason when we get to this point right on the edge of the season. This is when deals in this in this range in terms of the money with these sorts of players, with teams in the Knicks sort of financial position, this is they they wait until the very end, oftentimes. You know? Um I mentioned Jaden McDaniels. Jaden McDaniels is, I hate to say this, but Jaden McDaniels is more important to the Wolves than um, Emmanuel quickly is to the Knicks. And if they, if they fuck around, fuck around and find out if they can't get a number agreed to with him before the season, well, there's a guy who some team could just, could just max out next summer. Um, I don't necessarily see that happening with with quickly. So I would argue that there's even more pressure on Minnesota to get that done. But there are other guys besides McDaniels who are definitely extension candidates that haven't gotten extensions done yet. Um, and it just it's because these sorts of sub max, but like more than like Peyton Pritchard type of money, these things usually come down to the wire last couple of days. So um, all that being said, uh, I, I wonder if that's kind of weighing on quick a little bit um because it's just it, whatever he said he's been fine but he's just been you know been a little inconsistent that's all that's some nice defensive moments certainly tonight though <laughs> thanks kev appreciate you dan Hidalgo, mitch's shoulders looked wide oh mitch man i love that i got to start the show talking about mitch and rj 
because this is like, you know, I, I don't lean into this as much as some do. Um, but it's so nice that we have these two homegrown Knicks. One is starting their sixth year. One is starting their fifth year. And they've, you know, you could talk about whether their growth has been up and down or more just like a, a steady rise or, or whatever. But like these guys are, these guys are the definition of homegrown, homegrown guys. Um, you know, the organization, like they're both talented. The organization stuck with them, nurtured them, the whole thing. And now we get to, 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 to reap the, you know, fruits. They get to reap the fruits of their labor. Um, so yeah, Mitch is looking really good. It's, it's cool. And that, that, that alley-oop from RJ to Mitch was my, there were a lot of good plays tonight. That might've been my personal favorite play of the game. Either that, or I feel like it, the announcers didn't do it enough. Um, justice in, in in terms of talking it up, Isaiah Hartenstein absolutely putting Rudy Gobert, three time defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert in the freaking hoop, um, like bullying him off the block, like wow. If you're a Minnesota fan, it's probably probably not encouraging to see. Um, yeah, Hartenstein was I thought really good tonight too. Thanks, Dan. Bronx Rivera. Hey, John, would it be crazy if Tibbs of Tibbs instead gave minutes to Hardenstein at the four, considering he could actually space the floor? He did hit a three tonight. Notice that. That was cool. Um, so, like, I guess this is to me more of a semantics thing than anything else. So, like, fine. Hardenstein at the four next to who? Right? Because. It, like you're probably not playing him next to Mitch because he's he's you know are you playing him next to Sims? This is why I think people are like we're we're all paying so much attention to this thing. I think this is like just like a, a waste of time. I think here's why like they have Sims. Sims is a talented player. Is he an NBA rotation player for a good team? We don't know that yet. The Knicks don't really have room for him at the five. So they're trying to figure out, okay. Can we get away with playing this guy at the four, given his particular skill set? This is you're coming at it. I'm not blaming you for this, but I'm just saying the, the way you're coming at it, and a lot of people are coming at this is like the 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 question of solving the backup four problem. Whereas I don't see there being a backup four problem. Josh Hart is the backup four, or RJ Barrett, if you feel more comfortable saying him because he's taller. Whatever. One of those guys is the backup four. That's what's it's gonna happen, you know. Like, I think this is far more of like, let's see what we might have in Sims in this role than we have this problem. Oh, my God. How are we going to solve this problem? That's that's how I view it. I could be wrong. That's how I view it. So, like, talking about like, oh, could we play Hardenstein as a backup four? I, they, they have their backup four. It's Josh Hart. Like they, I know they haven't come out and essentially and said as much, but I, I, I would be shocked. I would be utterly shocked if that was not the case come the regular season. Thanks, Bronx Rivera. Um, should KFS's own uh, KFS uh, Casual Friday's own. Um, what else? Study hall zone, right? Um. Isn't four years of receipts an indictment on RJ? <laughs> wow. Em's fighting words, Sean. No, you know, it's like, 
man. No, there's no no indictments on on anybody here. Um, that's a good argument, though. That's a good argument, right? Because if people keep if if people continue saying stuff that other people have receipts about, rece- receipt culture. That's a that's maybe that's the that's the name of the dissertation or the course or whatever that I'll that I'll that I'll teach. Receipt culture. I don't know. I'd probably have to spend a lot of time online to to do real to get to get the necessary research for that. Um, I don't know if that's where, I don't know if that's where my skill set lies at this point at my advanced age. Um, anyway. All right. I think this is it. We're done. Listen, we got 40 minute post game on a Saturday after a preseason romp. Um, not complaining about that. So uh, thanks everybody for for tuning in. If you're listening on the pod tomorrow for your for your lazy Sunday, your lazy football Sunday, whatever you're doing, um, thank you in advance. Uh, don't forget like this video, subscribe to the channel, um, leave a five star rating and a review and all that good stuff. Uh, if you're listening on the pod, uh, we will be back with uh, we have a lot of good stuff coming up for the final week before the regular season. I uh, got a fun guest plan that I, I hope we'll we'll be able to make happen. Uh, as of now, it looks like it's happening. So uh, something to get excited about. And then uh, we got a locked on Knicks crossover coming up in the next week or so. And uh, Jeremy and me are, are recording tomorrow morning. So that episode or we're recording Sunday morning. That episode will hit your airwaves um, on Monday a.m. We're going to talk about preseason overreactions. Oh, boy. Better think of some overreactions that I have. Because right now, there's nothing coming to mind. Uh, I'll think of something. All right. uh, Take care, everybody. Have a nice night. Peace out.